Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Okay, well, it is Sunday. It's not just Sunday, it's also 7.10, which upside down means Brittany should not be in Russia and should not be declaring herself guilty. But yeah. we're going to get into that later because well, it's, today's all about oil, right? No? Yeah. No, yes. it's, it's about cannabis. It's about health. It's about dabs. It's about dabs. It's about time we jump into the rotation. Uh, seriously, we, we, we cannot too. celebrate 710 unless we expressly note the fact that what little that Brittany Griner had in her suitcase was caused smuggling is totally a political move that means absolutely nothing in regards to it. The was, I heard it was a CBD pen. I heard it even wasn't yeah. weed. It was Free CBD, Brittany. right? It, Free it's Brittany. considered weed in Russia, but CBD here? Yeah, well, you know. Or, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Either anyways, way, she shouldn't be in a fucking prison. Yes. And we, however, are where it all began in Ybor City at 17147th Avenue in Ybor City, where it all began. This is the rotation. I am Gary Stein, your political director and master of public health and in charge of all the health related things as well as political things. To my right is <coughs> Carlos. I don't have any meat in my Cuban sandwich. Armida. And Reggie Cubans, who, who is also our master of business administration, who also wants to talk about the supply and demand aspect of the cannabis industry. Coincidentally, Veggie Cubans, great business, great fucking business. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> you're just happy he doesn't have salami in him. <laughs> and of course, over to my right in the secret square box over here, we have Chris Kano coming from to us from above the beltway where he hits him below the beltway, and also a master of public administration and he gets the people on the top who are screwing up the bottom <laughs> well said gary well said sounded weird so chris what have we had going on because you were you were not on this last week is because you were uh baked kind of <laughs> well i was uh, i was traveling the uh eastern seaboard uh, all the way up to maine which is a legal state and uh had the opportunity to step up there and uh sample and review uh what they got going on in maine uh, i have to say Definitely like Maine's products a lot better than uh, New Jersey's. Last time I went to a legal state and sampled what they have. Uh, so, the, you know, it's uh, interesting to see uh, what each market's uh, willing to bring. But uh, just to update folks on some news, uh, you know, if you're living in the D.C. area, in the District of Columbia, uh, one of the things that recently happened, Mayor Bowser's uh, signed legislation coming from the D.C. City Council allowing adults to access 
medical cannabis dispensaries uh, if they do a self-certification process, which what this means is that you no longer need a doctor's recommendation uh, in D.C. to access their medical cannabis dispensaries. If you're a D.C. resident, you can actually go through a self-certification program, um, and it allows you to uh, basically self-certify in order to get your medical card to go into the seven registered dispensaries that they have in D.C. So it's an interesting and novel concept, and uh, I, I dig it. And and they also sign uh, uh, is it an ordinance now in regards to blocking of anybody losing their jobs or not being able to get a job because of it because of cannabis as well. Yes, something on their homes. Norton had talked to us about. Yeah, and it's it's definitely something that we want to see here in Florida. Um, another update coming from around the states: California's Governor Gavin Newsom signed budget legislation uh, late last week that reduces certain marijuana Pacific taxes. Uh, California. Uh, has some very high taxes, and it's been a very big criticism on the Newsom administration and in California in general for their adult use system. Uh, this legislation specifically eliminates the cultivation tax on licensed growers and caps any further increase in the excise tax for the next three years among some of the changes. You know, some of the analysis uh, coming out of California showed that uh, in certain parts of Cali, the effective tax rate could be as much as $92 uh, per ounce on top of what you're already paying. Uh, uh, so this is definitely, you know, important that, uh, you know, there's substantial tax cuts in order to reduce the demand uh, for folks going to the illicit market. I mean, you know, here in Florida, we have a similar issue where folks are paying upwards of over $70 for an eighth uh, because of the way, you know, all the, the fees and everything is being assessed on top of the fact that you're spending a few hundred bucks for a doctor's recommendation. So, you know, cutting taxes and and letting folks self-certify would definitely be uh, two ways to improve Florida system that we're seeing coming out of other states. Now I'm going to ask our, our guest about this little in this a little bit, but it looks like like um, the mayor of uh, the, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, seems to be pushing a, a presidential bid. Does that, that look like that to you? Well, uh, I would say this much, um, you know, every governor across the country right now is jockeying for the opportunity uh, to make the case to come on the stage uh, at a national level. You know, whether or not anybody's going to primary or, or, or whether or not Joe Biden is going to run for a second term uh, is, is still up in the air. I'll tell you this much. The midterm elections are here right now. Right now is primary season. Uh, and, you know, in the state of Maryland, uh, they're, they're already voting uh, for their primaries. And, in, you know, in, in the state of Florida, we'll be voting for primaries, you know, coming up here shortly next month in August. So I think it's vitally important that you get out there and you understand who's running in these primary elections, because the vast majority of people that we see in November are going to be ones that are being elected in this primary and so in the grand scheme of things, you got to get out there. you got to pay the primary candidates. And we're actually going to have a candidate on the show uh, later on in our, our new candidate segment that we're bringing to you that, uh, that's uh, running locally in the St. Pete area. So, again, I think it's important. Um, two other things just to update folks on when it comes to the news. Um, so, uh, two studies have recently come out. One in the journal Active Neurologica Scandinavica, uh, which actually shows that patients with Parkinson's disease are reporting symptomatic benefits from using cannabis. And we know that because our own health and human services department has a patent on using cannabinoids uh, for treating and relieving Parkinson's disease. But more than that, um, there's a study that came out in the Journal of Clinical and Experimental Neurophysiology, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, neuropsychology, it showed that cannabis use is not uh, predictive of lack of motivation in a 
adults. And that's something that we've always heard uh, the anti-drug crowd uh, scream about is, you know, uh, cannabis uh, demotivates you. And so uh, I thought that that is uh, definitely interesting. Uh, you know, a team of researchers at Oregon State University assessed motivation and self-reported apathy in a cohort of uh, folks who smoke cannabis three times a week or more versus folks who don't smoke at all. And they can show no significant difference in the groups. Um, you know, so in the I grand- do like 30 dabs before I leave my house. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and the reason I bring this up is because there has been a slew of anti-cannabis propaganda coming out of Fox News, uh, whether it's on the national level or on the local level. And they're trying to tie, you know, recreational marijuana use to increases in ER hospitalizations. Uh, if you've seen, uh, um, you know, uh, Fox News uh, uh, on the cable, they've been trying to tie uh, the motivations of mass shooters uh, to the you know, uh, legalization of cannabis. And frankly, it's all bullshit. Yeah, and and it's disgusting. It's weird, man. I don't. I I doing a little bit of PR work for both normal and chilling, man. I I'm like learning more and more how the media works, and like honestly, it's strange, man, because like chillum has had a lot of success on local Fox affiliates, right? But but yeah, you tell me that this stuff happens, right? And to to be honest, ABC was the most slanderous uh, news channel for us. Well, again, it's, it's, a, it's a whole idea of diversion. They don't want to talk about guns, so they're going to yeah. talk about all the other things that they can talk about. Yes, we do have a mental health problem in this country. Yes, we're terrible in regards to taking care of those folks who have mental health. But mental health it's, in and of itself is not the problem. It's somebody who has an, an illness or just hate in their, in their blood and, and a gun. The gun changes everything. It's like that guy who was in that, that show, that movie Grand Canyon. He said, well, I have respect for you because you have a gun. You didn't have a gun. Well, like, I don't have no respect for you. What, the gun how, changes everything. How how long, because this is like a pretty long argument going on here, saying that, that cannabis, it, it, this is the first time there was any type of yellow journalism on cannabis was saying that it made <laughs> you go insane. <laughs> Which originated, by the way, in, in Mexico in the 1880s. So this, is, this has been going on for a while. How like how long is it going to take for these people that know nothing about weed to just be like confronted with somebody that smokes weed and ends up being smarter than them or like, you know what I mean? Like, like how long can this go on? Like this has been going on for over 100 years now that that cannabis makes you go crazy. Well, again, this is the need for more research, like the research in regards to the motivational syndrome. The, all we need is a concrete evidence and research is expensive and research needs to be approved. So we, if we get those things moving forward, we can get rid of some of this ridic- these ridiculous lies that, that go through. I mean, my gosh, they actually showed pictures of um, that guy uh, over in uh, Uvalde and you know, you know, in, the, in Arlington saying, well, yeah, he had, uh, they showed pictures of him cosplaying and saying, yeah, he's definitely a cross-dresser, he's definitely insane. And, and obviously he's, he was high on marijuana when he got so upset with the whole world that he wanted to go ahead and start, start, start yeah, indiscriminately shooting at old folks and kids. Well, uh, you know, the spurious connections are, are the, the, the bad part about it uh, when it comes to the research, when it comes to the science. Gary, you just articulated a totally rational argument. You have to understand that in politics, rational arguments do not win out and facts do not win out. What, what wins out is your ability to control the mob's opinion, which is why we see the yellow journalism coming out on cable news uh, in the grand scheme of things. And it, it, it's really about uh, pushing people to an emotional state uh, to overrule their own reason.
you know. But you know what I want to do is 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 really you know go past the news and bring on our guest because I'm so yeah. excited yeah. to have him back on I the show. I think our great guest great. is probably yeah. one of the the best people who can articulate um, you know the struggle of cannabis because he's been on the front lines um, you know throughout the pre legalization period uh, you know photographing and interviewing interesting people uh, up until where we are uh, today. So let, let's bring on our guest Malcolm McKinnon. Oh, and, Matt, and Patty, mahalo for that statement. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Glad to be on the show. I don't see my face yet, so bring me up. Um, um, hey, I just wanted to say one very, very quickly. Marijuana is the most studied camera, plant in the universe. There have been more studies on marijuana than any other plant, so we don't need more research. It's out there. Yeah. It's being ignored. So we don't need any more research. I mean, how much more research can you possibly want? To exactly. Research? You know, so just wanted to say that right off the bat. Malcolm, yeah, we're trying to I, bring you on. Uh, I'm just trying to see if your camera's uh, activated. Uh, at this you... point, it's ignorance. Right? Like, Hold on a second. Yeah. Well, at, I got to get myself put together here. Hold on a second. At this Sorry. point, if you don't understand marijuana, in my opinion, it's ignorance. Because the information's there. The information's readily available. And we've had people like our guests who we will we'll see eventually. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean I mean, don't present uh, yourself out in the world like Herschel Walker. Don't look ignorant. There you go. Hey, <laughs> what's up, that, There we go. All right. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we missed the ceremonial loading of the joint. Sorry about that, Malcolm. <laughs> it's, it's so good to have you back. Where, whereabouts are you right now? Well, I'm up at my mom's house in Connecticut. Uh, she's about... Uh, 96 years old, so just hanging out with her for the weekend, and uh, that's why you see all these nice, nice trees out my back, out, out the back, back. And, and a couple of hanging. Amazon parrots too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging fake birds is all they are. <laughs> so that's that's great. You flipped us the birds. That's good. That's wonderful. So, so I'm pretty sure you overheard us. I think uh, uh, Kano did a great job introducing you, but I mean, we're talking about uh, 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 the. Uh, it's just the misinformation that's out there and whatnot and Fox how long it's been going on. And that's the thing. And I can understand why you're so frustrated with us talking about it, man, because you've been trying to spreading information, the right information for so long. Um, like I, I, what, what, what piece of yellow journalism kind of infuriates you the most? What do you think well, is Laura, the most Laura damaging? Ingram. Laura Ingram on Fox News has been absolutely disgraceful. I mean, what I can't stand the fact she wears a crucifix around her neck. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. And, you know, blaming blaming <laughs> on, on marijuana use is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, did she notice that uh, all the mass shooters happen to be white? Uh, did that have anything to do with it? They have to, you know, that these are loners, that these guys are absolutely disaffected human beings? No, they smoke marijuana. Well, I'm not taking a gun and going out and shooting anybody. And most people who smoke marijuana aren't either. We smoke marijuana in order to feel better, to feel right about the world. This is absolutely the worst thing. And believe me, it's all part of the GOP Republican conservative agenda. They're going after gay marriage. They'll go after the trans people. They'll go after pot. They're going after everything. We have a real problem in this country right Already now. Gone after people even are aware of it, that there is a very, very underground and not so underground movement to remove a lot of our freedoms and it's all being orchestrated by the by uh, the conservative movement who have been enabled by donald trump now you you were a a photojournalist for for high times and editor-in-chief for a while as mm -hmm. well and we we posted one of the one of the great covers you had of uh of teach and chong when was that picture taken 
I took that in 2008 at the Troubadour in Los Angeles. And it was great because they were reuniting at the time. And uh, I said, I'm going out to LA to, to make sure I get this. And so uh, the press showed up at the Troubadour that day in, in mass, huge amounts. And so I took that shot. I was the very last press person to get to them because I was pulling out real pot for the photo shoot. And, uh, you know, there was no air conditioning in the Troubadour that day. So it was rather hot and Tommy and Cheech were getting a little bit, a little bit, yeah. a little bit uh, feisty. You know, and, we got to thank you. Hot. You're, the, you're yeah. the reason we had Tommy Chong on our show. Oh, well, you know, Tommy and I, you know, I've been known for over 20 years, uh, shot him a number of times, interviewed him a number of times. So nice, nice to know somebody on that, that basis. Now, we haven't got the picture up yet, but there's, they're, they're both sharing this bong that's on this huge pile of bud. Yeah. And I have to ask you, what happened to the bud after that picture? Oh, well, we gave Tommy and Cheech some. I had to give it back to the people who I was renting it from. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you go out there with hoards of money, like here, I gotta buy two ounces, three ounces yeah. of pot. You rely on the kindness of strangers no, when you're a pot uh, no, no. journalist. <laughs> oh, here we got uh, the girls from Broad City. Um, they, I love they, them. They came up to the uh, the the office and. You know, they were absolute neophytes on the nature of weed. They didn't know where to hide it. They'd never taken a dab. And so really? we gave Ileana, Ileana a, uh, a dab, and she absolutely bent over. She'd never gotten so high in her life. Just, <laughs> that, funny, that's crazy to think of because you watch their show, and they're, like, all about smoking pot. Yeah, it was central to the script. Yeah. Some of the things they were they were telling me, you know, they were saying, you know, if I take pot on the plane, I always hide it in my – in my huh. private parts. I said, no, you don't have to do that. What are you oh, doing? Jesus no, absolutely not. You know, so, you know, I gave them. Hey, the Lucas brothers. Wow. Yeah, the Lucas <laughs> brothers. They're, they were uh, in the middle of, I can't remember what I shot them for, but, you know, I still don't know which one is which. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> the other guy is the one on the left. Yeah, exactly. I think it's the one with the hat on. Uh, you know, but they were not great guys. Oh, this one was great. The Iron Sheik. Hey, Sheet. the Iron Sheik, man. That takes me back to my childhood, watching him wrestle Junkyard Dog. Yeah, well, you know, that was the funny thing. You know, I came back to the office uh, that after I interviewed him, and, you know, I just had a short interview with him, took you shots of him, and people went nuts. You should have gotten a full interview. This is the Iron Sheik. I'm like, well, maybe it's a little bit past my time or <laughs> before my time. I don't know. Um, but I didn't realize that I did the uh, popularity of the, of the Sheik. Uh, nice guy and boy he really spoke out uh positively about pot and how he used it throughout his career mm. you know a great guy and also the, fun, the funny thing is here he was he was the only the first iranian champion and he always played the villain because this was at the time of the uh hostage takeover in iraq and uh, in iran and so he was very very uh he was very, he enjoyed being the villain it was now great. there's a there's a lot of cannabis use in in the wrestling industry in the wwe etc because oh, of they, they, they take so many lumps and they have so much pain. Oh, yeah. A lot of, and a lot of them are, are, are dying right now from uh, panic injuries. Yes. Yeah. So, so, Gary, I'm glad you brought that up because in uh, in 2017, we had the opportunity. We actually, as Central Florida Normal, co-sponsored with the We For Warriors Project, a uh, celebrity wrestling match uh, for charity. We had the Nasty Boys there, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Matter of fact, before he passed on, uh, uh, Rocky Soul Man Johnson, who's Dwayne The Rock Johnson's father, was there, as well as uh, uh, Macho Man's brother. And uh, that was just one of our, the greatest things we had the opportunity to do at the Central Florida Fairgrounds uh, back then. And it was really cool to, you know, it felt me real nostalgic going back to my childhood and watching those guys wrestle. So Malcolm, uh, seeing that uh, uh, those pictures brought me back. And so, yeah, from elder millennials, yeah, we we, we love those wrestlers from the early eighties. You know, Jesse Ventura, you know, he he spoke out for pot. He's a longtime pot smoker. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, who a couple other Rob Van Dam, obviously huge stoner. 
you know so uh yeah it's 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 widespread in wrestling listen these guys need recovery as much as anybody else they are professional athletes yes it's not real but i remember asking jesse ventura about that so tell me is professional wrestling real he goes well, what do you think? You mind if I pile drive you? Mind if you when you want to dive off the side of the uh, the turnbuckle? You know, you want to you want to take a body slam from me? You know, you see how real it is. Yeah, Andy Kaufman learned the hard way, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Welkin, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there's been a social media firestorm uh, between uh, you know just even even in me and members of my own family about this whole Brittany Griner issue, and I've been telling people it's like some people are like, oh well, she said anti-American things, she doesn't stand for the national anthem, and I was like, well, if her demanding police accountability, you know, in your mind equates that she should sit in jail for pot, and I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, you yourself smoke pot? That's the most hypocritical thing to say someone should sit in jail for pot when you yourself do it. Like, just admit that you're racist and you don't like her because she's a, a black lesbian, and people just yeah. their minds blow up when when you call them to the carpet on that, and they'll yeah. find every excuse to 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 say no, it's about patriotism. I'm like, no, it's not. It's really no. not. You know, I, you know, there's a there's a possibility. I mean, I've heard that float in the media that it might have been planted on her, but look, it was it was it was a bad choice on her part if it was a choice, and it's pure bad luck, and nobody deserves this. And what annoys me more than anything else is that we have so many people still in jail for pot. Why are we so concerned with only Brittany Griner for Christ's sake? You know, there are other people in jail. And the other day, I posted on Facebook Leonard Peltier, of course, who I've been an advocate for for a long time. He's been in jail for seventeen thousand days. You know, for and he is innocent. Brittany Griner declared herself guilty, but we all know that that, that guilt means nothing. She's being exploited by the Russians, and uh, it's really become and being exploited by our own side for political points. Yes. I mean, in the, you know, because in the grand scheme of things, um, if we're going to fight to get Brittany out of jail for weed, how about Joe Biden release all the weed prisoners in America? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It, it goes without saying. How can you how can you advocate for Brittany Griner and and forget about uh, Americans? And this is a real problem. We give all this money to all the other foreign countries. Meanwhile, older people can't get health care. They have, they have to pass up their medications because they, they don't have the money. They can't get dental work. Our, our, our values are, are, are all backwards. By the time you get to be an old person, you are, you know, good luck is what they say to you. Yeah, well, Malcolm, Malcolm, one of the things that really struck me when we had Tommy Chong on the show, he said when he was in federal prison, he encountered guys who would sit there who were getting ready to get out and plot what could, felonies they could commit to come back because in federal prison, they were getting some of the best health care possible. And out on the streets, <laughs> they would die without it. And that's just sad that we live in a country where you can get better health care in a federal prison than you can being homeless. And it, it, it encourages you to, to, to you know, to essentially Reoffend just so you can get access and live a healthy life. That's just sad that that's a, uh, we live in a country where that's a choice. This, this is country, and they are always telling you know, the, you know, we had trillions for the uh, uh, for the uh, COVID breakout. Everybody got got a lot of money. This this country has money. We can do these things, but we have incredible opposition to any kind of change in this country right now. And it's you know this pendulum is swinging toward the right right now, and it's very very disturbing. So, yeah, and, and by the way, I think um, Biden is not doing a good job in regards to this aspect and in regards to a lot of aspects right now. And I just got to throw it out right there, right, right there. With all due respect, I'm talking to you right now, Joe. Joe, we love you. You're very special. But I think it's time for you to go home. 
<laughs> I, I don't know where I heard that before, but I, well, I think I don't, I think, I don't I think know what's, what's, your, what's your alternative, Gary? Do you see some Democrat on on the horizon who's going to you know change things? <sighs> you, I mean, what, what's the alternative? I mean, we I, I I agree that he is not the strong Democratic leader that we'd like, but we need a firebrand. We need somebody. And AOC, I, I love her. I love her, but you know she's not really palatable for the, most of the population simply because she's a Latino woman. Well, of course, a Latina is a woman. But uh, <laughs> well, what do you think of Gavin Newsom? Since obviously, first he started to attack DeSantis this last week, which was very interesting. Because I, I, remember when I love when everybody attacks DeSantis anyway. But uh, a lot of folks in, in California are more concerned with his por- his corporatist side, which was the same situation we were dealing with in, in regards to Bill Clinton too. Well, there are a lot of. I mean, Obama was a corporatist too. I mean, come on. I mean, look at the you know the banks all got bailed out during the during the yeah. you know during the recession. The banks get bailed out. You know, the hell hell with everybody else in America, you know? So listen, they're, they're, it's not just the Republicans. We have a lot of people, people are craving change in this country. They want universal health care. You know, they, they, they want to be the, the, their liberties back. They want access to abortion. Most of us feel this way, like 65, 70% of us. Mm-hmm. And here we're being led by a corrupt Supreme Court and, uh, and Republican politicians who are Trump followers. I mean, in part, I kind of like uh, Kamala Harris moving forward. Uh, I think I she, she's still pliable. Is she palatable to to the rest to to, to the electorate? That's, know, that's the, the question. That, well, that's that electability thing that, that they always seem to throw out, and people actually vote on people whether they're, whether they're electable or not, as as opposed to whether they're competent or not. Yeah, which which is a big problem. Right. Well, Gary, you you know, we had Charlie Crist on the show a few weeks back. He's running for governor in the primary election. He seems to be racking up union endorsements. He's got the party establishment behind him. Um, but one of the things that really matters is if, if you're someone who in the past has made mistakes when it comes to policy decisions, you have to be able to be willing to reverse them and reverse them in a strong manner. Now, for some people, they consider that a flip-flop. You know, Charlie, when he was attorney general, they called him chain gang Charlie. He was throwing people in jail. And now he's this guy who's uh, for, you know, gay marriage. He's this guy that's for uh, pro-choice. He's this he's guy changed. that's for I'm, home growth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, well I'm, bringing it, I'm, I'm bringing it up because it was, you mentioned Kamala Harris. Be quiet, but it was you know sitting next to him. He's he just you know we were we brought up uh, uh, Brittany Griner to him, and yeah. like you remember his it was such like a, a genius political move where he was like oh yeah 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 well who did she play for oh you don't know hey oh by the way I I helped get Britney Spears out of, out of her yeah, conservatory good and pivot, right yeah and you know and and like as much as I you know as much as I. Uh, don't want DeSantis in his seat anymore. I don't think Charlie is the right guy. Well, I mean, that goes back to what Gary was saying about Kamala Harris. It's like, this is someone who has a prosecutor put people in jail for weed. It's like, so we're going to need her to make a very big 180 on her previous past policy decisions to make her palatable and believable as a candidate. And that's that's what, what I'm going back to my point originally. It's like, to Malcolm's point, who is the one that can step up? Because these establishment candidates are failing miserably when we look at their records. Mm-hmm. That's, right. Yeah. that's right. Well, I think he's going to fail us. I think he's saying what we want to hear. I think he's a flip-flopper. And I think, honestly, Nikki Fried is the only way to go from Florida. Well, I, I do think that we, we are going to need a new governor in order if we're ever going to have 
uh, adult use here in, in the state of Florida, and they have a regulatory system that is appropriate. I guess Charlie Chris isn't going to be back on the show. <laughs> well, I, 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 he, he might. Who knows? But, but Charlie, if you're listening, my wife's name is Monique. Okay, yeah. not <laughs> not Kathy. Not Kathy. <laughs> that that was something I was like, oh, why did he just call Monique Kathy? Because we were talking about Kathy Jordan, and he, he, he had a slip up. So you can I guess you can't be sharp all the time, right? So, so I'd like to switch gears here. Yeah, it's went pretty hardcore, but you know, um, <laughs> can't help yeah. it. Can't so, help so I'm a fan of the Clerks movies, and Clerks three is going to be coming out soon. And check that out. Oh yeah, Kevin James. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm. No, Kevin Smith. Smith. Kevin Smith. Oh, Kevin Smith. Kevin yeah. Smith. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I get the fat, I get my fat guys confused sometimes in Hollywood. <laughs> no, I, I photographed Kevin here. This is in his Hollywood backyard. And I, you know, uh, this became the cover for the October 2001 issue. Nice. Um, I shot him in the backyard, and then I shot Jason Mews on the East Coast. And the the uh, the art director placed him on his shoulder. The very famous cover. Yeah, I saw that. And they bombed because 9/11 happened when that cover was uh, released. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I remember when, when I shot Kevin Smith. You know, there was a pile of pot in front of him, and he goes, "Is this real?" And I said, <laughs> "I said." This ain't Hollywood, man. <laughs> this is real stuff. <laughs> so I, I gave him a butt. He wasn't much of a pot smoker than now. He's a huge advocate. You know, I guess he changed his life. He finally realized what, what the fuss was all about. But still, he, he does look a lot like Jack Hare, at least in, the, in that shot with the, with the beard and everything. Yeah. I, I, had to, I had to look twice, although his beard wasn't long enough. No, I met him, about, I met him in like, uh, at a champs convention about uh, 15, 16 years later, and I, I, you know, I introduced myself, and he... I, he was so skinny at that time. He lost a ton of weight. But such a nice guy. Those guys, I tell you, Jason and Kevin Smith, they do such a good job with their uh, their fans. They pose with every single one of them. I mean, these guys know what it's all about. They're using social media to its greatest advantage. And they, you know, they these guys sustain their popularity. There's no doubt about it. I follow Jason Muse on Instagram, and he's definitely all over the place doing good things. Yeah, he, and he's definitely somebody who's an inspiration and turned his life around. Sure did. Um, yeah. Well, I remember yeah. when I interviewed Kevin Smith, I said, uh, so are you going to do another movie? He goes, nope. I go, why not? He goes, not work with Jason again. And I said, really? And I said, yep. Oh, he, no. He was very, very tight-lipped about it. But I know Jason, uh, you know, he had his heroin problem. And I, when yeah. I photographed him, I, you know, I knew that he was uh, doing some bad stuff when I during the midst of a photo shoot, um, but uh, yeah, he's turned his life around. He's, he's yeah, you can see him. in his face. Now the good news is the heroin use is down. The bad news is that fentanyl use is up. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another Joe. We were talking about Joe Biden. Here's. Yeah. Joe Rogan, yeah, our favorite Joe Rogan. I don't know what side of the fence he's on. Sometimes I think he's being stabbed by the by the pickets through his his gut. Well, you know, I think he, he he talks. He's a big talker. He loves to talk. And with talk, people who talk all the time, they say stuff that's stupid. Sometimes that's all there is to it. They don't <laughs> censor themselves. And uh, but he was very very nice. Uh, I, I photographed him with Eddie Bravo, who's a martial artist. Joe is a martial artist as well. And I did a little feature on them in High Times. And Joe, and they had they had the, uh, you know, the 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 hash out in front of him and or the concentrate. And I said, you mind? If I take a shot of you like this? He goes, no, go ahead. So that was kind of cool. I mean, he had no problem being posing you know, with a bong and and uh, concentrates. He was great. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite Rogan podcast episodes is him arguing with Eddie Bravo because Eddie Bravo is a flat earther, and those two just go hard at each other for like an hour. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't. When I heard that about Eddie, and he's such a cool guy, 
Eddie, what, come on, come on. <laughs> an anti, anti-intellectualism, anti-history, anti-science, yes. flat earth. I mean, come on, folks. Jeez. And that, that's more prevalent in our society. You know, it's crazy that people like Snoop Dogg sound like more rational voices in our society than, than other folks, you know? Yeah. Now, this, this is, one surprised me because it actually shows that Snoop has gray roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the guy shit. Did, the guy to me does not age. Yeah, this guy is true. I, I took that shot in 420 in Denver, and uh, yeah, he was very, you know, he was, you know, everybody wanted to talk to him and stuff like that. And he was back, you know, back, and people had to be ushered in. And I was just waiting. I was there all there, you know, in this room for an hour, just kind of like watching everything go down. Finally, I walked up to Snoop. I need you, you know, to, to say something. So I, I filmed him on, on video for our, our Cannabis Cup in Denver. And he just turned around and he was great. He just said something really cool about pot, about high times, and this, that, and the other thing. Very, very nice guy. I mean, that's, of course, that's the only time I ever met him, but um, he, was, he was certainly nice, nice enough to me. Uh, we definitely want him on the show. So, Snoop, if you're listening, and I know you're not, <laughs> would, would, you mind, would you mind waking up Martha and telling her to come to bring us, bring you over here? <laughs> I tried to interview Mar- Martha. Uh, what's her name? Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. I tried to interview her. She's, she said, no, 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 no. You know, she's hanging out with Snoop, but she wouldn't go into high times. And there are a few people right there. Bill Maher is another guy who's never been in high times. And as a matter of fact, he denigrates high times. Bill Maher is an elitist stoner. All right. Mm. You know, he is not somebody who's really necessarily on our side. Um, So I'll just just throw that out there. Um, He always made fun of high times, made fun of stoners and stuff like that. I mean, it's just... You know, you know the type. You know the type. Yeah, yeah. We've it. caught criticism from some local uh, radio hosts and DJs in Tampa for our big blunt floats and trying to do our advocacy work. So we know exactly how, how you know what you mean by elitist stoners. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So here's somebody that I always thought was a super cool pothead. Boom, Redman. Redman, Redman. Ah, he played at so many cannabis cups. He played in Amsterdam. He was, he was great. He was great. I mean, he, he, I, I shot a, a, you know, a whole sequence. So I said, you know, all right, let's go through a series of shots like that. So he was great. <laughs> and I interviewed him for high time. Uh, uh, we were at, a, at the safe house for, for the cannabis cup and I just shot him here over by the pool. That's uh, a nice guy though. And people just love him. I remember when he was at uh, the San Bernardino cup a few years back, you know, he dove into the audience and he's being carried around by the crowd. It was fantastic. I mean, the guy is totally, you know, he, he knows he knows his people, you know, so doesn't need a hype man. I'm going to share a personal story with you guys. And I'm sorry, Poppy, if you're listening, but you're you're part of this. But my 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 Poppy, when I was a little niño, um, he he banned me from watching the television show uh, Married with Children. And the reason why he banned me from watching it was because he didn't like the way that uh, uh, it depicted in women and how they treated women and things like that. And then all of a sudden, now my dad's voting for the guy that grabs women by the pussy. <laughs> and here's somebody from Married with Children who's oh, uh, that's you right. know. Yeah. Bud Bundy. <laughs> Bud Bundy. Yeah, this was great. I mean, he was so nice. He was in the middle of filming a movie that went, it was called Dirt Merchant, it went straight to video. And Jenna Jameson was in the movie, of all things. But anyway, uh, he was uh, on the set, and I shot this. And then I get back. We got Bud Bundy. This is going to be a great cover. And we had a new publisher. No, not Bud Bundy. Let's put Godzilla on the cover. What? You're like, are you kidding me? You we have Bud Bundy, Bud from Married with Children, <laughs> holding Buds, and you want to put Godzilla on the country on on the cover? Yeah, loser movie. Like, oh, just this, this, I remember this publisher also. I remember I got David Crosby in an interview. He said, "No, we don't want him." 
So instead, he got Larry Ratso Sloman, who I'm sure no one knows unless you live Ooh. in New York City. You know, honestly, that was the problem of working with High Times is you had a lot of people who were just plain idiots. I'm sorry. Mm. They were. There were a lot of smart people, but you had a lot of people sometimes in control who you had to deal with. It would just drive you out of your out of your mind. I mean, sounds it was, like sounds like Hollywood. Like you got people <laughs> in charge who don't actually connect to regular people, and they, they they write these things in a vacuum. You know. Yeah, I mean, people always ask me, "What was it like working for a High Times?" I go, "Not what you think." <laughs> yeah, well, High Times seems to parallel the, uh, the zeitgeist of, of the cannabis movement in the first place. I mean, here in 71, it all of a sudden it went, went, went Schedule 1. I know a lot of people out here who were, weren't even a, a bong rip in their, in their parents' eye before they, uh, <laughs> before they even got conceived. But it, it happened that everything switched over at that point in time, where it all of a sudden became illegal. And as we move forward, there were people who stepped up, like Dennis Perrone. And then those other folks who went ahead and changed the, the the opinion, and so we went from an underground movement, and then slowly this uh, this above ground, supposedly legitimate movement, started taking over, and the corporatists started moving in, and then things started changing. They started telling us what our culture was, as opposed to letting us have our own culture that we've already built. Right. You right. Well, that? you know, high, high times went through similar things with with the times. At one point, you know, they they wanted to get away from pot altogether. You know, really? this is this is two thousand three. And they nearly huh. killed the magazine. So, you know, there's, and in uh, the, 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 during the 80s, I mean, it was cocaine central at high times. And then the wow. late 80s, we, we ran back to pot and started to rebuild things. So, you know, we went, you know, high times went with the times as well. And uh, I remember when we were doing hemp times, you couldn't even mention marijuana. Now, I was working for both high times and hemp times simultaneously, but don't even bring it up. And I remember with the, the PR person, uh, went to the New York Post for an interview, and she did the interview, and she talked about hemp and stuff like that. But of course, the New York Post wrote about hemp is also marijuana, and the people who own the company got furious. Now, what are they supposed to do? She didn't write the article, but they wanted to make sure that hemp. This was really horrible. I mean, who was buying hemp anyway? Stoners, or the one who really, really liked it, <laughs> you know? And so suddenly, let's not appeal to the stoners. Let's try to appeal to a whole new audience who knows nothing about hemp, you know? So it was. That was, it was problematic a lot of times. Working I've always, you know? I've always looked at political movements, especially you can see it a lot nowadays. Where especially in the corporate cannabis movements, where uh, a lot of times uh, it shuns potheads. Like yeah. I, Absolutely. I, you know, when we were campaigning for United for Care, we were told not to to wear pot leaves on our person. I've worked for companies that have told me not to laugh when I'm talking to to media. Because I sound like a stoner when I laugh, you know yeah, what I mean. It's just funny because you sound like a stoner when you're not laughing too. <laughs> you know, we, we we went through similar things. Well, it's uh, it's like embrace these people. These are the people you got them. You got these people already. These are well, the people we, that already have decided that marijuana is good. Well, now <laughs> you know and then, I mean? now and then, we get letters to the editor, like you know, complaining about you know, I don't think you know, Cheech and Chong are really right for the for the new marijuana movement. You know, like what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> they were they were activists long before you ever were, and also the people said you know we have to you know you have to smoke responsibly, which meant you couldn't have fun, you know, <laughs> smoke and be serious, you know. You, well, you, we, you we, we had a uh, remove all the fun from from marijuana. There know? were people in uh, 
dispensaries in Florida, and that's why I brought this picture up because it's people in dispensaries in Florida that were getting fired because they had dreadlocks. Yeah, Julian Marley here. He, yeah, that was the one th one thing. One of the great things about High Times, we had so many celebrities visit the office, and so I was always taking you know immediately grab my camera when anybody came into the office. So yeah, Julian was great. Um, you know, he was uh, on tour, and this is it was a it was a constant thing. I and mean, we had Dave Chappelle drop by the office. Um, you know, before he was really a huge star, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, so many people. We had the was another uh, star. We yeah, David Arquette uh, shot this. I remember his publicist was bugging him the whole time. David, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think you should be doing this. I don't like this idea. <laughs> Just drove me drove me crazy. David was like, no, no, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. He really wanted to be on the cover. He was very very nervous. He was going to be on the cover. Well, did he get some of that stuff on the plate to take home? No, we didn't give him anything. <laughs> it wasn't my pot once again. No, I think you probably gave him something. Uh, you know, um, Malcolm, I've I've saved a bunch of photographs uh, for the end here, just uh, so you could uh, take some time to to really go on about them. Because sure. you know, I know I know the Native American community is is a is a big passion of yours, and uh, you know, uh, here's some photographs here. She is yeah, gorgeous. Is, very yeah, this, this is Rosebud White Plume. She's the daughter of Alex White Plume. Who was the uh, the one of the prime movers in the Lakota hemp project when they tried to grow hemp for the first time back in 2000? Uh, the feds came in and uh, see uh, came in with the really high powered weapons and to 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 seize the crop and drag it away. And Alex group uh, tried to grow pot from 2000, 2001, 2002, and the feds came in every single time. Finally, an injunction was slapped on him to stop. And in 2015, that was lifted. Now they are growing hemp on, on the reservation. But this was Rosebud Whitebloom, um, and this she's actually standing in what they called the FBI field. This was the second <laughs> the FBI <laughs> field. They called it the FBI field because when the feds dragged away the plants, they seeded all the fields with all the seeds that were in the plants. <laughs> so, so there's hemp growing everywhere now. So that field they wouldn't touch. They did ceremonies in that field. They felt that the FBI had tainted it. So I use Rosebud uh, there uh, uh, in the FBI field because was, there was hemp growing oh. everywhere. Olivia uh, Munn. Olivia Munn, yes, Olivia, beautiful Olivia. This is uh, Saka Kohe uh, Cook. This is one of the, I shot her in 1997 when hemp was just becoming, um, you know, a thought on the reservation. And there was feral hemp growing there because back in the early 1900s, uh, there was a Jesuit Indian school right there in Oglala on the Pine Ridge Reservation. And some of these plants are the progeny of hundred, you know, plants that are hundred years old. So this one was growing like, I mean, this was 14 feet high. You can see how wow. huge it was. Was that natural light, by the way, or did you use a reflector for that? I used a reflector. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I, uh, I love the brand Roar. I, I sell pipes for a living, my man. And uh, -huh. uh yeah, this is amazing. I'm going to Champs in uh, 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 two weeks and I will be making an order for these pipes right yeah. here. Yeah, I visited their their I visited their uh, uh, operation in Germany. Um, yeah, Martin, that's Martin so Brazil cool. Is the, the owner, and this was just a lucky shot. There was just a cloud going over. I was in Red Rock Canyon out, out at a champs convention, and I took all these pipes out early in the morning, Red Rock Canyon, which is about twenty uh -huh. miles outside of the city, and a passing cloud. <laughs> just created this. Yeah, work. I thought you actually inserted that cloud. I looked at that <laughs> no, and I no, said, no. Did, "Did he Photoshop that cloud in there? Because that's just too good." I, what yeah. is their facility like in Germany? Like you guys know, if you put an order with Roar, it takes a couple of months to get to you because yeah. I mean they're making them in Germany and sending them out to you. 
Like, uh, what, what is that like? What is that facility like? Well, you know, uh, Martin's uh, son son works for him. They have some, uh-huh. you know, very, very uh, dedicated artists who are all doing, you know, the same thing. They have a, a number of torches going. Uh, uh-huh. They have a little uh, showroom with all their all their stuff. And Martin, I mean, Martin Brasil, the who's the owner of uh, Roar, he did a tremendous amount of research before he even got into uh, doing glass pipes. But these truly are, they're like the Mercedes of... Uh, glass. I don't know if you guys can see it, but I mean, the thickness of the glass is, yes. is a big part of it. But um, also, like the way the stem fits into the piece, the stem goes all the way down and perfectly. You, yeah, it, it everything about this piece is engineered perfectly. It doesn't look like much, but when you hit it, oh my god, purity through German engineering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, this was I took this on top of the High Times offices. We this was back when we were down at around 19th Street and Park oh. Avenue, and we had these tremendous views from the top of the building. That's cool. So I, so I took this up there, you know, creeping up on the Empire State Building. If you notice, this spider only has seven legs because some, uh, you know, a klepsi photographer broke one of them. So I don't know. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Looks like he's got a giant snail on his back. We have giant snails in Pasco County right now, by the way. They're seven inches Florida, long. Florida, <laughs> Ah, this is what Lake Mead used to look like before uh, the drought happened. Um, yeah. You know, shot this uh, great big bong on the shores of Lake Mead. I don't know why anybody would want to live in Las Vegas right now. Good Lord. I mean, I don't know. If that, we hope to pray to God that the uh, oh, there we go. drought ends. Well, they, they just approved consumption lounges in, in Vegas, yeah. and they're giving out actual licenses this fall. So yeah, that's right, more, more power to, to Nevada. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm just saying that the drought, I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to live there. I mean, in the Southwest. I mean, it's very dire. And then here's another thing, just to, just to get back to politicians one more time. What are they doing about the drought? Are they trying to solve this at all? I mean, when the Dust Bowl happened in the 1930s and uh, the, the Great Plains was devastated, they worked to, to, to solve that. What is being done? You know, that's, that's a, it's a big question. Aren't they trying to renovate the Colorado River? Excuse me? Aren't they trying to, to, to dredge out the Colorado River, make it, make it deeper again? Well, you need water first. <laughs> you may have to dig. Uh, yeah. We have some uh, questions here from in the chat about uh, whether or not you've uh, interacted with Robert Platchorn. Oh yeah, no, Robert. He came to many, many cannabis cups. Um, he was he always asked him to be uh, a presenter on stage. We gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award at at, at uh, a cannabis cup in Amsterdam. Yeah, he's a re- he was always a real friend of the magazine. And, you know, he's just so articulate. He was a you know just wonderful guy. I've got a few shots of Robert. Uh, talking with celebs and you know and you know i tell you he's just you know I tell you he spent he even wrote some pieces for high times at one point in time didn't he yes he did he spent a lot of time in prison you spend 30 years in prison you know you have cred you know yeah you know you can't argue with someone like that yeah more power to the black tuna yeah this is rosebud white plume again a few years later at the lakota war pony races and she's holding another bundle of of pot and uh i love the love how they paint their horses but she's in a you know ceremonial gown and uh she she sure knows how to hold marijuana yeah <laughs> uh, this is another shot from pine ridge this was taken in slit in the district of slim butte uh, a lot of people have you know uh, a lot of junk cars in their in the front yard and it's not it, it, people look at this sometimes and they say gee it's so ugly you know they have all this garbage in the front yard you know these people sell parts to their cars so a lot of you know these people who have lots of cars in the front yard are sometimes you know making money that way so it's, it's it's no big deal but anyway, this guy had a shell of an old car there, and he had put his 
potted plants in there and it served as a windbreak, a lot of wind out in Pine Ridge and there's lots of sun. So he had some, you know, wonderful plants that were growing in that shell of the car. That's really cool. I, uh, I saw um, uh, recently uh, someone in Colorado, they had uh, bought an old ambulance and they were using it as a mobile grow facility. I took that shot. <laughs> yeah. And don't you have that shot up here? Uh, I think Carlos and Gary are frozen as soon as their internet comes back. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I thought they were being awfully still. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I took that shot. Uh, a guy named Zach Volk, a very, very nice guy out in Blackhawk, Colorado. You know, he, he said, I have an ambulance. And I, you know, you, know like, you hear a lot of things, you know, in the marijuana industry. Like, I have this, I have that. And he took me over to his house. And it was a real ambulance. I couldn't believe it. With a, with a pot, with a, a uh, with a grow room in the back. If people are on Facebook, they can go check that out on my Malcolm McKinnon uh, page. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it, but it's, 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 that's the great thing about uh, being a pot photojournalist. You come across the silliest shots sometimes. Yeah, uh, Malcolm. Someone wrote in our in our comments. Have you ever had the opportunity to shoot or meet with Rodney Dangerfield? No, no. I think Rodney. Uh, I know he was a, a big pot smoker, but yeah, we we. I don't know if we ever approached him um, for an interview. Um, it probably would have been a good idea. There were, you know, there, but a lot of times. So remember back then in the early two thousands, late nineties, celebs, you know, really really shied away from being covered for pot. You only had a few. You had you had Woody. You had Tommy. You know, and uh, Snoop, that was about it. Those were the, the top celebrities who would, you know, speak out for pot. And it yeah. was hard getting people. You'd get people sometimes in the interview slot, but they were very careful about what they said. I remember I, I interviewed Chris Maloney for the feature interview, a guy from uh, Law & Order SVU. And um, he, he, he was very circumspect about talking about pot. Even though I knew he smoked, he wouldn't really come out and say it. Uh, he said, I don't understand why it's illegal. It's blah, 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 blah. And of course, you know, we gave him a little bag to, you know, when he walked away with. He grabbed it real fast. Tell you that much. But, yeah. <laughs> That's but, hilarious. You know, it, was, it was it was tough, you know. And then you get other people like Lewis Black, who had who's who's not not a pot smoker. He said he smoked a lot of pot while he was in college, a lot. And but he doesn't do it anymore. And he had no problem holding a bud, you know, and giving his, you know, look like that. <laughs> so, yeah. So he. It was always uh, problematic with celebrities. You know, you're always. I. It's one thing I always looking for the. I really, you know, uh, charged myself with finding celebrities in the interview slot. And I probably did more celebrity interviews than anybody in the magazine. But, uh, you know, it, it was always interesting uh, w when you meet with these people. Sometimes uh, they were very, very forthcoming. And sometimes uh, they were just uh, pain, in the, pain in the ass, you know? Yeah. Well, going back to the, you know, uh, the early 2000s, one of my favorite issues of High Times, um, it actually had soldiers in Afghanistan in this huge, uh, you know, field of weed. And I was just like, wow, what, that is that is crazy. Where is that coming from? Could, could, uh, do you recall that uh, that issue? Do you know where those photos came from? No, but I, 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 I think I recall the issue, but I also did an issue. It might have been the same one of, mm -hmm. of uh, veterans talking about pot. And there were... I there were photos that accompanied my feature of soldiers in Afghanistan standing in weed, you know, weed. And, and yeah. one of the soldiers talked about, they, they did, you know, when they were on, uh, you know, on overnight uh, watch and stuff like that, they did, he said they had, uh, oh, some kind of like a local kind of concoction that they would suck on or something like that to keep themselves awake. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, we, we, you know, um, when it comes to this country, you know, we have a lot of veterans who utilize cannabis. And so, you know, one of the things that we're seeing to try to push through Congress right now is the ability for VA doctors to recommend it. And so, um, you know, we're still running in holdups between the House and the Senate uh, with getting that bill approved, uh, you know, consistently year after year. And so electing the right candidates is so important to move, you know, pop policy forward, to move criminal justice reform forward. And we actually have a candidate here on the show that we're just Want to give a few minutes to ask some questions to interview uh, Amaro Lionheart. Gary, why don't you introduce Amaro uh, to our viewers and, and tell us a little bit, Amaro, about what you're running for. So, Okay. Well, first off, I want to say we are introducing a new segment here called Better Know a Candidate because we need you to know exactly who is running, who is in those primaries, and who is going straight on to the general. And so you get a chance to understand where they're coming from and why you should be voting for them. And, of course, it always helps to be knowledgeable when you go to that ballot box. And uh, <clears throat> by the way, uh, Malcolm, Amaro uh, 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 here is very, very interested in, in indigenous rights. So you might, you might want to give him, a, give him a, a talk later on in regards to all the things that you've been dealing with, because that, that, that's, that's something that's very near and dear to his heart. Now, when I first met, I, I first saw the, the, uh, his last name, which is, which is Lionheart, I mistakenly thought he was indigenous because it sounds like an indigenous name. But in fact, and I apologize for bringing this up, but the fact is that in Italian, which is where, which is the background. God bless James Conn, he's no longer with us anymore. But the Corleones, I guess, didn't have a good basis for their name uh, during the 70s before I do other kind of business. So I, I applaud you for, for moving past that. And I applaud you for going against, in Clearwater, uh, Ed Hooper, who has had a stranglehold on, on that Senate seat for a while. And he has, he has the support of, uh, of, the, of the first responders and things of that sort. But he also is a very conservative who doesn't really have a lot of our ideas in mind. I might try to get him on if he can, but I don't think he's going to come. But I'm glad that you came here because you're going up against him. Obviously, you have some ideas and some thoughts. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and let them know where you stand. Sure. Um, my name is Amaro Lionheart, as um, Gary eloquently put. Um, I'm a public school teacher as well as a filmmaker, and I'm running against uh, – Mr. Ed Hooper, who is currently in the state Senate and in District 21, which is Clearwater, Upper Pinellas County, and Lower Pasco. And so kind of one of the things, some of the things I'm about is basically pushing for legalization, criminal justice reform, affordable housing, and a lot of the issues that affect us at and even at the national level, but working towards those things that every working class person has to deal with when it comes to um, high gas prices or dealing with the the increase in food and, and obviously the rent price is going out of control. But on the criminal justice aspect, I'm getting calls from mothers across the state of Florida that are just sick of the situation that we're in. <laughs> and even though I'm not an elected official yet, I'm still trying to help them out and get them through that process of um, trying to get some reform done. Now, what what in particular made you decide to go ahead and take the big step and run for office? Because that's a big step. Correct. Well, um, what made me run for office was the very fact that as a animal rights activist and also um, environmental activist, I just kept seeing a lot of inaction from the people that we've elected into office. And seeing the seeing the environment trash, seeing wildlife kind of um, 
dying from ver from various plastic poisoning and, and a lot of misuse in terms of what we put into the environment, destroying it and poisoning it kind of kind of drove me that way. But what really drove it home for me was the fact that on the criminal justice aspect, there was a, my godfather, whose name is Raphael. He, in, in the early 1980s, he, he was stopped in New Jersey for a simple cannabis charge. He was, a, he was arrested, but then let out immigration, then stepped in, stripped him of his permanent residency. And for the next 30 years, this poor man had to basically show up to immigration, pay, pay a, an extortion fee to stay in the country, even though they couldn't deport him because he's Cuban. <laughs> and then after that, he had to pay the state of Florida another extortion fee because we have to renew our license every five years. For him, it was every year. And then they put a very, in a very big red, bold letters, they put temporary. So for any reason a police officer ever stopped you and you gave them that driver's license, they would automatically run you through the whole system and basically run you through the gauntlet. And he was harassed. He was constantly, and this poor man basically passed away before his records could be expunged because New Jersey just legalized it. And I want to make sure that people like Raphael that are currently with us basically have their names clear and we and we can make sure that they're no longer discriminated or they're run through that broken system of discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> go ahead. No, I say, Amara, that's, uh, that's, you know, noble to want to stand up for your family, uh, fight for civil rights. I mean, that's what has motivated many of us to step up into this, you know, this battle here for criminal justice reform. So I wanted to ask Malcolm if you had any uh, questions for our candidates or, or any guidance since you've been, <laughs> you've been in this for so long. Yeah, well, um, um, you know, jumping into into the fray. Uh, it is a fray. Was, you know, jumping into this fray, I, I you know, do you ever do you worry uh, about if you are to be elected about the compromises you might have to make? Are you, gonna, uh, you know that's 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 always the case. I mean, uh, the politicians say they want to do something, then they have to make their compromises. Well, there's certain issues that I will never compromise on that I'm strictly, this is set, and I'm going to make them compromise by bringing in experts and bringing in community members that will, base, I will basically create some type of testimonial type effect and hold their hands to actually force them to actually to our side. Mm -hmm. Meaning, meaning um, for me, those uncompromising things are health care. I right. believe that every single human being in this country should have health care, well, housing, living wages and again this issue with um, criminal justice reform and prison reform that affects every single person whether yes. you are republican or democrat and the abuses people are going through 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 the system it needs to be addressed and i yes. really believe that we could actually make a difference in terms of actually bringing in mothers and having them testify and then basically calling them out when they fail to act yeah, well, you know, one of the horrible things about the prison system is when somebody's in prison, especially a, a, a federal prison, they'll move that person as far as they possibly can away from their family to make it so difficult for the family to visit. And as we all know, the family is what props us up, the people who support us. And yeah, it's, it's, our, our, our prison system is, is really, and so many people, we have more people in, in jailed in this country than any, any country in the world. And it, it grows bigger. And the Republicans want to even make, you know, more, build more prisons, you know, three million people in jail. 
Yeah, and we do have, by the way, Randy coming on the next couple of weeks, and he is now vice president of a company that actually supports the families of those people incarcerated, yeah. so that they they can have a better chance of uh, no recidivism and also help them more comfortably as as they get forward. And they're working kind of push me pull you kind of thing in regards to the uh, the last prisoner project, but definitely they're making a major difference, and we're hoping yeah. to see that kind of thing happen. And we'll we'll, we'll hear from Randy in the next few weeks. You know, Amaro, I just, you know, it's a wonderful platform. And, you know, it's the thing that's so, so galling is it's so common sense. Why would people be against this? You know, why would people vote against their best interests? I, you know, that was the thing about Trump. Here, Trump wants to reduce, you know, get rid of Social Security, wants to get rid of health care. And people are, you know, support this guy. What are you doing? I, boy, biggest con job ever. But, um, you know, you listen, it's small steps. And, you know, people like you who are, you know, going to step into the fray and you know and make a difference. I hope that I hope I hope you can. I hope you can. Uh, you've you've got you've gotten some endorsements already, and uh, I hope that, that those those move you forward. Has anybody from the the, the uh, Democratic Executive Committee contacted you and and helped you with your campaign at all? They're actually in the process of um, actually in the process of doing that. So a lot of complaint that I hear from other candidates is that we don't get the necessary help that we need from mm -hmm. the state or national party i hope if they're listening that they actually get more involved because the opposition is fully involved in every single aspect of right. that process whether you're running municipal or whether you're running federal there they have they have a they have a organism in place that will support each and every one of them to get their agendas pushed and as we see it's a very dangerous agenda and Correct. Um, I haven't really heard from them yet, but I think I believe um, in making contact with um, uh, be, be, becoming friends with Ryan Morales and Nikki Freed and others. I really believe that um, that's actually going to put a little bit more leverage, more weight on them to basically be more more involved, especially now that everything's being pushed to the states. And we need to push more, more Democratic candidates into those state positions, those state legislative positions so we can make for democracy with a lot of the Orwellian laws that they're trying to push. Now, Chris, what do you think is the chance of us getting the head of the DEC or the DC3 to come in and talk to us? Well, I mean, we can do the outreach. We can see if folks want to come on. I, I think what is the most important thing, you know, moving forward is that as we interview candidates, you know, we ask them straight up if they'll support our issues. So, Amara, I'm going to ask you, if you're elected to be the next state senator in District 21, can we count on your co-sponsorship or sponsorship of our employment protection bill for medical marijuana patients? Exactly. And we want to push this a step further once we actually legalize cannabis. We want to put those protections in place for all workers, even if they're federal. We want to make sure that no one can discriminate anyone for using cannabis, regardless whether it's medical, recreational. That's something you should have in terms of your privacy. And if you're using it for whatever reason, it's, it should be something that should be honored. Um, we don't we don't discriminate people for using alcohol, and we don't discriminate people from using other drugs that aren't detectable. Yeah. And that very um, platform that they well, it's, a, it's an admirable uh, agenda, and I hope you get a chance to to implement it. And we hope that you actually get some support behind you to move this forward, because obviously you have an uphill climb in regards to uh, to your district, which had, which we call them the ARPOF or the uh, Republican uh, Committee of Florida. 
really uh, have a have a stronghold in that area as well. So if you, if you can get more outside support, the better. And we're more than willing to, to help support you. And our audience out there is more than willing to support you. If you are interested in reaching uh, uh, Amaro, we have your, his contact information at the bottom there. Is that your, at, at your Facebook or is that your, your LinkedIn? That is my, let's see, that's my Twitter. Um, but anybody can reach me at info. Oh, I'm sorry, at lou.com. Or they could send me an email at info at lionheart2022.com, which is 2022. Uh, my phone number is on the bottom of the page. It's not a Google voice number. I want to be as connected to the people as possible. So once I'm elected, that connection will never get lost because I think that's the one biggest thing that we have with politicians is that they get to these positions and then they forget about the people that put them there. Yeah, and, sure. that would, and I would never do that. And, and if you can't give money, like I said, if you can't give treasure, you can give your time. That, 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 is, that is so important to, to have volunteers to move this thing forward, get the, get the vote out, and get people behind you. And we're more than happy to work on that. And of course, here in state of here in uh, at Suncoast, Florida, we want you to become a member so that you can also help push these agendas forward that we have set for you that will make this program a more successful one as we move forward. I don't see uh, adult use coming through here in Florida for a while, at least not until we get change a change in governorship. And you, and you still have to take some time to go ahead and set things up. So we have a couple of years ahead of that. We still have to strengthen that medical program, and we hope that you will consider working on that as strongly as well. And of course, if you want to get a hold of Suncoast Normal, become a membership. You can get you can get contact us at suncoastnormal.org/membership, and you will get this fabulous, oh, where is it, uh, gold pin that uh, lets everybody know at the supermarket that. Uh, you have a maple leaf on your lapel. Now that, 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 that you are positive about cannabis and that you believe that this is an industry that will help people first and foremost, and we would like to move on. And as a as a program note, once again, we'll be we'll be continuing to give out candidates uh, and let them talk. If you're a candidate for office right now, we'd like to hear from you and put you on the air. So give us a call. Give us contact us. Let us know if you know somebody who is a candidate. We want to hear your opinions. We want to know, people want to know who to vote for. And if you're in the Clearwater area, and get off the beach and go ahead and help out tomorrow here. Anything else you want to say, Chris? Well, I would say this much, um, you know, we, we appreciate all our listeners and, and folks coming on the show. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to having more candidates on. Uh, some folks were asking in the comments about uh, candidates for agriculture commissioner. Uh, just two weeks ago, we had on Ryan Morales, who's running to be uh, the Democratic candidate for ag commissioner to replace Nikki Freed. Um, so go back onto our YouTube channel, um, go back on Facebook and check out our past episodes. Uh, we got some great folks. Uh, you know, this past year in 2022 has been one of the best years uh, of, of the rotation with so many great celebrity guests. And I got to say, uh, uh, that is in no small part to you, Malcolm, uh, for helping connect us uh, with, with so many great folks. And so I just want to say again to our guest, Malcolm McKinnon, uh, who is a, a, a an amazing photojournalist and who has been a, an advocate in this field for so long. To, uh, thank you for coming on the show. One of our folks in the comments here just want to know your thoughts on the Pennsylvania uh, Democratic Senate, Senate candidate, uh, John Fetterman. He's been very unapologetic in his, his uh pot stance have you any had any chance to ever interact with him or or what are never your thoughts on never had any chance but i'm you know i'm watching him online <clears throat> he's got a very clever campaign going he's a very very tough guy um you know <laughs> just i love the fact that he just tag tag dr oz for making a uh, campaign commercial in his new jersey mansion you know <laughs> seriously folks 
<laughs> Look at the evidence who you're trying, who, who they have running against uh, John Fetterman. I think John will win. I hope he, I hope he does. John, yeah. you're welcome to come in. We know you're going up against. So let's make certain that we get, <laughs> that, that we, we get you in office and, and we, we keep that state safe for everybody because Pennsylvania got to be safe. By the way, stay out of Hartford. It's a nasty place. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, being uh, where we're at right now in this country with uh, with uh, different markets and adult use, uh, having an opportunity last weekend to travel up to Maine, uh, I went to uh, Brothers Cannabis, um, and they, you know, they had some some pretty cool products, and 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 uh, and then I went up to Sweet Dirt, which was another uh, uh, place that they had, and just looking at the variety of cannabis products, one of the things that they were lacking though in their adult use market is um, is you know uh, caviar joints or or a flower that has concentrate mixed in it, but they did have concentrate. They do have edibles. They even have these uh, nifty infused drinks uh, that, that they have. They have 100 milligrams in one of these juices and, and only 100 calories in, in one. Um, so, you know, all in all, I think that there's a variety of products uh, that we're seeing in states that don't have a monopoly on, you know, or cartel structure, much like we have Florida, because in Florida, you know, you have a very few folks you can go to. Many of them are multi-state operators. And what I'm noticing is that when you can go to these smaller, uh, you know, mom and pop or family run dispensaries, um, you do have that opportunity to, to uh, engage in some quality products versus what I saw in New Jersey going to the botanist and, and seeing these these big, um, you know, you know, these multi-state operators, you know, not offering uh, really quality products. And so I think that that moving forward is the most important thing is um, that, you know, supply and demand matters and that, uh, you know, access to a variety of products that folks can find that matters to them. Malcolm, I, before we close out, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think makes an ideal adult use market? What makes it? Availability of hash, right? I've always wanted marijuana to be like something you could grow like tomatoes in your backyard. I just think, you know, it's, it's just not that big a deal. An adult market is where people are free to, you know, buy anything they possibly want and uh, to, and to to act responsibly. That's one thing uh, that, that our constitution and all the people who are, uh, you know, well, I should say this country has never really, really believed that adults can act responsibly. They always believe that they have to, that, that, that there must be some law to stop them from do, acting irresponsibly, and it's just uh, it's it's a pointless exercise. So yeah, I'm, I look. I, I just think all things should be available. I think you'd, I, I'd love to see it being being sold on vegetable stands up here in New England. You know, people grow it in the greenhouse, and then you know you put it on the vegetable stands, and people can buy their pot wa- wa- driving by. I wish it were that simple, and maybe someday it will be. Well, and just a reminder to those folks: any political system that believes that man is not good and can't make their own decisions for themselves, that's the basis of communism and socialism. That's so right. if you support that situation, then you're not as conservative as you think you are. <laughs> well said, Gary. Well said. Civil rights has to be at the forefront of what we're doing. That's why I'm glad we got candidates like Amaro running who put civil rights first. Uh, that's why I'm glad we have folks like Malcolm who are willing to tell the stories of folks who are fighting for civil rights. And that's what we're going to keep doing as an organization, as Suncoast Normal, is we will always be a civil rights organization first and foremost. And we will fight uh, for your rights and the rights of all responsible cannabis users. So. And Malcolm, we got to have you back again because, hell, you got so much more we got you have to show us yet. Please do. It's always a pleasure to come on your show. Thank you. All right. And, and good All luck right. tomorrow. Good luck. You know, you. great, great candidacy. I think you got going. Happy, happy 710, guys, whatever that means. Yes. Happy International Dab Day, y'all. All right. <laughs> Dab it out. Thank you. All right.
This has been the rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.